Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. We are here with, of course, Nicholas Chase and the lovely Lisa Bacaris, who is joining us as, I guess, a semi-guest. She's kind of, you know, part of the situation, but, you know. Well, I've never we, met her before in my life. She's a guest. Only when we ask really nicely, so. Yeah, pulling all the favors. There you go. So, we all did Clash Miami, and we're just basically going to talk about that race, how it went, what was great, what was terrible, what was ridiculous, and uh, how the well, weekend went. Well, and first and foremost why should you race clash i think there's a lot of reasons um it's on a speedway there's ample parking you never have to worry about that there's spectator friendly your wife and kids and husbands are going to be taken care of inside the track Um, lots of bathrooms tons of them um and like not porta potties too like actual bathrooms yeah i mean i just we were there for the day after the race and saw the sprint event go on last year i videoed flaca during her whole race um it's just a great event. Like I just, I want people to give other really, really well done races a chance. And I think this is one you got to do. Agreed. Yeah. This is my second year back and Nick, your second year back too. Yeah. And yeah. we'll hopefully do all their, all their pro races since they, you know, broadcast our pro pro races really well. Yeah. So That's the other thing they, you know, if you like following pros and what they're doing, it's the best the best series for that that there is really i mean um none of the other ones do all the races broadcast like that so it's pretty yeah. unreal yeah. Um, um my parents it, loved that they they were like we saw you on tv they, they thought it was really special. you were on tv a lot lisa i pay, you gotta pay the right people I no you just gotta be like exceptionally good at also per, not only performance but being a <laughs> have a good charisma, good attitude and being a good, you know, preview personality. Just being weird. Just got to be weird. No, you're not you're weird. You just, <laughs> you just like you're yourself and that's why it's important. Um anyway, so yeah, how the race go? Well, you know, it was just ask yourself that question. Freakishly hot. <laughs> You do this all the time. You're, you're like, so what's next? Well, this, and you answer it. So don't even, don't, even, don't even start with me. Anyways, it was obviously Miami. People are going to be like, why are you surprised it was hot in Miami? And it's like, well, it's still March. And we talked to quite a few people uh, after the race, giving out medals and stuff to the age groupers. And, and anyone from around there said it was like way hotter than normal for that time of year. So it was uh, a bit of an interesting kind of element it put into the race. Um, how hot was it compared to last year? Was it like totally different for you guys? Oh yeah. man. Like probably it felt like 25 degrees hotter than last year. And last year had some like overcast. Like I think there were like, I remember in the race they're like being in, in the shade, like under a cloud for maybe two minutes. Yeah. Of the whole, like three plus hour race. And I and those two minutes, I was like, oh, I feel like I can run a little faster. I feel like, like this. I feel like I mean, maybe this is terrible to say. I feel like the sun was different last year in terms of location in the sky. Like last year for the men's race, we started at the same time, but like I remember on lap like two of my run, 
every time I would run on the front stretch of the speedway, there's like this huge like grandstand that was blocking the sun. And this time the sun was still like, I don't know, like forever above it. I was like, wait, what are you doing, son? You were lower last time. Get out of here. Was the daylight savings already passed last year? I think it was the same weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we don't really know how the earth's rotation and stuff works, I guess, around here. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we have to get on that. But but yeah, so let's let's just go back to like where we started with this race. I mean, we all got in a little early. We had an Airbnb, had some fun. Um, I didn't get in early. Nick was well, Nick was really late, but you know, he was enough days early and, you know, torched ourselves in the heat a little bit, a couple of days before. Um, but yeah, the clash, the, the other thing with clash is, is they kind of have you come in and do a couple things. Um, there's a, there's like breakfast with Bob, which is cool. They had some headshots that they did to put us on the, um, broadcast, which I probably never even ended up on because I was in no man's land for a while, but um they make it actually really easy like you literally go in there and it's like how long did it take us like 20 minutes total assembly do all that (laughs) yeah we were in we were out and then we're like well we're gonna be here for another hour and a half before we had i don't remember what we had we were just gonna do the ride the track oh yeah we went and got um dunkin donuts and there was a lady just sleeping on the sidewalk (laughs) (laughs) she was passed out and all her stuff was just like around her in shambles and we're like what is going on here and like, it was hot need, out <laughs> do you need a, a maple bar ma'am <laughs> they're delicious uh, but yeah so that was that and then we got the chance to watch the women's race pretty good chunk of it for what did we watch like the first half of the race at least we watched we them until they got them to the run so of course you have to go watch this race because just explaining it is not enough. And it, I think it's going to be on like March 17th, I think on prime time on Fox FS one. Um, <clears throat> but that'll be a highlight reel. I think you can watch it on clash Facebook uh, page, but anyways, there was massive drama. Women were dropping like friggin' underwear on prom night. It was nuts. They were just hitting the floor left and right, but it, it, I don't know if it, if the men's race, if we would have gone first, if we would have suffered the same fate and the women would have been a little smarter, I just don't know if that would have happened because we got to see the women dropping like flies out there and struggling the heat. And of course, after the race, everyone was like, well, the women's race was even harder. I'm like, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I wasn't out there. So I can't I think tell it you. was within like two degrees of the same, but I do think the main thing was we saw how hot it seemed to be out there and change change our strategy a little bit like i know i changed my strategy and thought okay i can't just be super aggressive on this race or else it's just gonna be way too hot um so thank you for sacrificing yourselves for us and showing us the way anytime anytime here to here to suffer and blow up epically and for for you guys to have a great race (laughs) well also because lisa you're you're we want you to talk about this stuff um you know we we're told in the race briefing that there was $10,000 in additional bonuses that you could win. You could win a fastest swim, a fastest T1, fastest bike lap for the first lap, um, fastest T2, and a fastest run lap. And that was for the male and female. So Lisa, what was your strategy and thought process into really going, you know, just all into those bonuses or a couple of them? 
Yeah. So uh, the day before the race, I had a call with my coach, Julie Dibbins. And I was like, Julie, we talked about this in Boulder because I think at Daytona, they gave preems for uh, T1 T- and T2. They did. Yeah. And so she's like, why don't they give like a um, a preem for like fastest bike lap or something? And so I called her after our meeting when we found out that we had um, preems. And I was like, Julie, there's a fastest first lap. She's like, all right, go do it. And she's just like, just ride really hard for that first lap and then settle back in. And um, so we kind of talked about it and she said, you probably don't want to do a flying mount with your, your feet on your shoes, especially because I use boas and they're really hard to get my feet in, but I really like those shoes. So I have to explore other shoe opportunities if I'm going to nail these flying, just flying mounts. But so I kept my cycling shoes on the ground. And I kept socks in there. So I put socks on, put my cycling shoes and then ran with my bike and then did a flying mount onto that. And I think that saved me like five, 10 seconds of just trying to struggle to like put my feet in the shoes. Um, yeah. And I pretty much, uh, went for it, got it pretty much lit the internal match and was just <laughs> overheating the rest of the race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but you got a lot of footage of you doing that um overheating and also crushing that lap so that was awesome yeah so it was good and then after i mean the bike was just for me it was just kind of like this trickling effect of going downward in a downward spiral but coming into t2 i knew that i was not gonna i was gonna pretty much be useless on the run so i I said let's just give one big effort (laughs) way to have a great attitude I just knew but you know, like, I'm pretty much useless. So I'm pretty much useless. I'm probably gonna be walking for 10 miles. Uh, but yeah, so I since I already had socks on, I just booked it into T2 and um yeah, I came away with that preem. Was, yeah, I was excited about it. And there was that preem was footage. that preem was the best one to watch because it was just like you tearing out of there, like you just were about to give it get a thousand dollars and then just immediately hit the brakes, like and okay, now let's take it for real and go. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> It was pretty funny. Um, um, but yeah, the men men got same same preems. I think uh wait, who got who got the other women's preems? Like um, um fastest swim. Fastest swim. Well, I know I don't know if Sarah I'm assuming Sarah doesn't get it because she crashed out. Probably. So then I think it would go to Ash. Ash um, gentle. I would assume yeah. so. But um, and then Pam uh Pamela Oliveira got T1. Um, but it was funny after the race, cause she, she told me she went for T1 first bike lap and T2 <laughs> and she's like, and you just took it away from me. And both oh, of those man. two. I love like, that. So funny. She's like, I didn't, she said, I specifically didn't wear socks for the run because I was going for the, the T2 transition bonus. Um, wow. well, and then I got it for the run as well. Yeah. But she ended up finishing second. So, I mean, yeah, it's a great bad. Day. Like, Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you missed out on $2,000 extra that I just needed because I didn't finish yeah. second. Yeah. And then Ash for sure got the first run, right? Yeah. she. I think yeah. she got all the, if, if there was any run things, she would have gotten all the runs. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that first run. run was like complete suicide to go for it. Like if you actually still wanted to have a good race throughout, if you were just going for the first run, you would overheated so hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't think any, no women intentionally went for the run that I'm aware of. Well, that's the thing. Like you pretty much can figure out who's going to get that basically just based off the start list before the race goes. You're like, yeah, this person's got, because I think that type of speed in general, if you really went for it, it's more genetic. Like how many guys 
legitimately going all out would just be able to run like a four, oh, four, 10 mile or whatever, um, right off the bike, probably like a, maybe one. Um, and we know who that guy is, if he was going to go for it and everyone else, even if they went all out and killed themselves, it'd be like five minutes. <laughs> so, but even, even on the men's, it was, the men's was different because a bunch, a few guys went for it for the run one who were like not in contention for the prize money. Yeah. Like um, Taylor went for it for sure. And he was second. Like he almost got it. The guy who got it ran really quick. He was like, I think it was like 40 seconds faster than Jason West on the, on the first lap and Jason Whoa. West ran like whatever, 55 minutes. So it really added an interesting element to it, but, um, I wasn't in any shape to be going for that. I was like a little, a little hot, but yeah. So Lisa, you still crushed the bike. Um, yeah, even, fun. even though you kind of slowed down towards the end, you still almost had the fastest bike. Yeah. Second bike split. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you, you did the run and I, you didn't I completed stop. the run. <laughs> exactly. So that was, and you, you got know, memed. Yeah. I got memed a couple of times, <laughs> but I'll tell you, that was probably one of the, that and Florida 70.3 from last year, two hottest races of my life. But the nice thing about Florida 70.3 is you had shade occasionally. Yeah. Uh, this race yeah. was just, it was it, like the best way to describe it was just like a blazing hell of inferno. Well, you're also like surrounded by concrete banked walls that are just radiating heat everywhere. So there's no escaping it. Yeah. yeah but it was good. Effort. I'm, I'm, it's, it's one of those races where you wish that you it's, it's fun to perform and go fast, but, and uh, this day was just the survival. This was nothing was going to be very fast and it was just get to the finish line and you'll probably do. Okay. Because nobody else was finishing. Well, Great. it's also <laughs> really interesting since the distance is like you know it's kind of like a almost an olympic in some aspects like the bike is nearly double like what 39 miles instead of 24 miles and then the yeah. run is nine miles so only like three more miles than um, an olympic so you are gonna have to hold the same speeds and power and paces as an olympic and you just got to go for another what another hour almost yeah so yeah, brutal. Like that's because yeah. I'm still sore today and feeling like tired and exhausted. I'm like, I didn't even race a full or a half Ironman. It was shorter than that, but I still feel almost as wrecked. Yeah. Um, but I like that distance and I'm excited. I told Bill Christie to put one of these races in like Alaska. And I said, oh, I'd be the first one to sign up for that they, one. Need the easy Alaska <laughs> speedway. Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> the Alaska speedway. <laughs> Um, yeah but okay what about you guys well well, yeah so lisa you ended up six i guess we should mention that that's pretty freaking solid yeah um good payday and then we well we got to be part of the first ever um swimming boxing match in uh (laughs) not a first ever actually happens all the time but it was uh you know an interesting interesting swim when you got 48 guys and probably 30 of them are all within like two seconds of the same speed to the first buoy. Um, that's was pretty, pretty tough. And we just kind of piled on top of each other and tried to get around there. And um, it definitely hurt us a little bit throughout the swim. I think, I think our gap ended up being bigger just because we weren't efficient. There were too many of us um, and the front guys kind of, you know, get that clean water and away they go. Um, plus there's some insane swimmers in that race. Like you've got, uh, on the women's side as well, uh, same story with someone off the front, but you had Schomburg and Aaron Royal, like gapping Ben Canute in the swim, which is just 
pretty yeah. much unheard of. Yeah, he must have just been a law off because I think I've seen him swim with them before. Well, he was starting on the left right beside me. And if you watch the start and you like can rewatch it, the right side, like people just pushed ahead and started early. Like it's a problem. It's a it's a big problem that happens in these races where it's so hard to police because each person just inches ahead of the other one. And it's not really clear who's the one cheating, but then you end up with like 20 guys starting way ahead of the line. Yeah. Um, so it'd be, you know, hopefully someone comes up with a better solution for that. But in that case, literally the left side of the line was probably three to five meters behind those guys. And that's where Ben was. So I'm guessing he just kind of didn't get on the feet immediately Got stuck and, in the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, the swim was that and me and Nick and Lauren, who we kind of, we traveled with as well, all got out together, like what, two and a half minutes down or something like that. No, two minutes. It wasn't two and a half. Thank goodness. I think it was two and a half from the leaders. Oh, from the leaders. Yeah. But we were, you know, from the main group that we had, you know, a contention with, it was about two minutes. Oh yeah. I think it might've even been less. Um, so yeah, we did that. And then the bike was just, I don't know. It was an interesting bike super awesome course and the 20 meter draft rule which we didn't mention i think is great yes um bring it for all the races it just that's proof right there that if, if you can do it for that course with 17 laps you can do it with 48 guys and no problems you can do it on any course at any time yeah um so well, and I, they put out markers like a, there was three markers that were cones and tape that would give us an idea and i used it every single time to know where 20 meters was. Cause otherwise, you know, it's hard to gauge just based off eyesight and that perception, what does 20 meters look like? So thank you clash for giving us a good, you know, three chances to check ourselves before we wrecked ourselves. Yeah. You guys on the bike, I didn't get to watch much of the bike. Um, but when you guys were on the bike, you had people around you all the time, right? Pretty much. Like there wasn't, you could always see someone ahead of you and people behind yeah. you. Yeah. 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 You guys yeah, were seeing me ahead of him all the freaking time. He was <laughs> like, there he is. Oh, I'm not going to go in front because screw that. Cause we were already <laughs> running 320 Watts. And I was like, well, I not doing any more than that, buddy. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It felt like a lonely bike to me, but there was lots of guys around me, but usually they were just like behind me. Um, Cause Nick and I and Chris Leiferman rode a long time together. I was, we were kind of passing guys quite a bit and it felt like there was a lot going on there. We passed one pretty big group at one point as well. Um, and then I noticed that they're with me and shortly after Chris Leiferman just like took off and he really put in a surge and I just didn't want to try to go with that pace. Cause I was like, well, I'll probably explode if I do that. Uh, which is what ended up happening to him. Yeah. Uh, so he came back later on. Uh, Nick, Nick and I got off the bike, not too far apart, just like 30 seconds or something like that. And then, uh, quickly turned into survival fest, at least for me, first lap was pretty good. And then I just could tell I was going to need to get the body temperature down and just try to keep going. Um, yeah. And went back and forth. It, like it only happens in hot races. Like I passed Andreas Dreitz and then was ahead of him. And then I started feeling like crap and he passed me. And then like, I passed him again and ended up putting a couple of minutes on him, but um i uh, thank god that lisa was there to tell me what the heck was going on because i literally didn't know if i was in like 15th 20th place or like 10th or what um <laughs> yeah you were in pass and you're like wait i'm like go go jackson and he's like 
where am I? I'm like, I don't know. Give me, I'll let you know next time. I'll work lap. on that. <laughs> yeah, next time. But that's so, like every race. You just think that unless there's a lot of out and backs, you're always like have no effing idea where you are on course. It's kind of unless annoying. Unless you have unless someone you're... like, oh, this person is two minutes up and you're in fourth. Then you're yeah. like, oh, thank you. And then even then, like you, how many times have you been told the wrong thing? Right. You're like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, at Daytona last year, Taylor and I were fighting for ninth and 10th place, like to the teeth. Like I was gutting myself pay, yeah. blow for blow. Oh, and go to, go to figure some, someone wrote an extra lap on the bike course so that it inserted them into the run course improperly. So I was in ninth the whole time and I thought I was like an 11th or something. So we, we were fine. We didn't even know, but it was still good, good battle. Um, oh yeah. But so the guys had preems too. Um, got to give it to Brent McMahon, man, the smartest guy on the day he got. And I, I say that just cause he's awesome anyways, but he took his swim skin off before he crossed, he decided to enter T one. So he was just basically running into T one with nothing on through a swim skin, put his helmet on and ran and he got that preem. I think, uh, Colucci got the bike preem. Well, what Aaron Royal maybe got the swim preem or one of those guys did. I think it was Schomburg. I'm not or sure. Schomburg. Um, and then the run preem was uh, who was it? I don't even know who. It was, uh, it was David Guet Get from Columbia. I forget his name. G U E T E is how it's spelled. Okay. And he was the one who ripped the run. And then he was like actually running pretty decent after that too. He like he didn't run really fast, but. Yeah. I don't know how he's from Columbia. So maybe that's how he was ready for the heat. Cause I would have exploded if I did that. Oh yeah. Speaking of ready for the heat, gosh, damn Tyler Butterfield. He <laughs> comes out of the swim with us and okay, there he is. Didn't see him the whole rest of the day. I was like, there's, is he behind us? There's no way he runs his way up into fifth place. Just, he went for the first bike preem on the first lap. So he was just gone. And he but, went for T1 and barely yeah. missed that yeah and, yeah and the whole race beforehand he was like oh i haven't been training uh, i'm not that fit. Oh, yeah. such a sandbagger he's so <laughs> we literally talked to him at the pre like the swim the day before like the whatever course recon swim and he's like talking about how he's in nowhere near the shape he was in at 70.3 worlds last year where i beat him by like five minutes or something and then <laughs> he just like just destroys us leaves me behind i'm like <laughs> he's what? gone and then on the run lisa's like tyler's only two minutes ahead and i was like i'm not catching him it's one lap to go like <laughs> <laughs> thanks lisa like, well i meant to say like oh you're comfortable but i didn't know sam osborne was like 15 seconds ahead of you because the lap counter wasn't the tracker yeah. wasn't working so i was like people asked me where what place sam osborne is was in i'm like i don't know he's not in the top 10 <laughs> But, but he, yeah, he, but he was sixth. He was but yeah, sixth. it was that run was freaking tough. Like it was definitely a, a battle of attrition. And I don't think looking at the like results really shows it, but there were like probably five guys, at least three or four guys that I passed in the last three or four laps who just like melted. They just couldn't keep it up, like Leiferman and Schomburg and at least two or three others. Um where I literally did not speed up. I promise I probably slowed down, but I just slowed down a little bit less. Um, yep. And that Osborne, Sam Osborne that we just mentioned, he finished one spot ahead of me. He went out hard, kind of like put a pretty good gap on me. And then I gradually was bringing him back and I just came 10 seconds short. Um, but it was good to have him there. Cause we just were kind of picking guys off. 
throughout the run. That's why um, it's like a severe love hate relationship with these hot races. Cause it's always like who can slow down the least because everyone's going to be fighting that high body temperature and basically holding on by a thread and going in and out of consciousness out there. So it's always fun to see who actually can rally and what new, you know, we all tried to do saunas and stuff to get ready for some of this, this early season heat. But of course it's like, it's not enough. We, none of us have even raced yet. So we don't know what the hell we're doing yet. I didn't even feel like when I got to the race, I was like, I don't feel ready to race at all. Like I don't even know how to start a swim in the big group like this. I've <laughs> forgotten, even though I've raced maybe a hundred times, it's just like, I hit reset every year. The first yeah. one's great. Like everyone has a different kind of perspective on the first race. Like as a cobweb scraper, like that's for me as well. I, I never come out and have like an amazing race. Sometimes I have a pretty good race, um, but it's totally like just going through the motions, getting that swim start, you know, feeling what it's like to run off of that bike and like doing all that. It makes a big difference for the second race. Um, How about you, Lisa? I think it's a good learning, like after you race, well, during the race, you learn a lot. You remember things that you forgot, um, you know, five months ago that you were doing, but after the race, I always forget like how sore you are and like weird muscles hurt. And you're trying to hold TT for that long. My back was like all jacked up. And then I had like chafing. We already talked about my nipple chafing that I found out was. She's like, oh, I stuffed about 30 gels down my shirt. No wonder. Yeah, I stuffed gels down my shirt in my shirt. So that's, I think that's why I had like cuts under my nipples. Is this a PG PG show? No, you can Um, talk about nipples. You can milk anything with nipples. (laughs) But yeah, then like the blisters and um, I don't know, just like a lot of post-race things. And I didn't, even though I didn't feel that bad after, like directly after the race or even the day after, um, I went to swim today and I was like really tired. I was like, if I wanted to do an all out hundred, I don't think I can break one time. I was like, yeah, I think today. The fatigue is real after a hot race like that, especially when you have to go Olympic pace for an extra hour yeah except except i looked at my like training peaks file afterwards and i always wear a heart rate monitor when i race um i looked at my file and literally my heart rate was over 170 from the first lap of the bike throughout the whole thing (laughs) when i was jogging at eight plus minute pace it was a 170 so it's just i just uh that's called decoupling the heat, the heat really got to me. I decoupled a lot. So do you think if you had gone out easier on the bike, you would have raced a lot faster and kept your heart rate under control? To be honest, no. I mean, I think if I'd gone a little bit more, I, I don't, yeah, maybe a little bit more. What was your heart rate on the swim? I think uh, average 168. Okay, so still 170. <laughs> yeah i just uh you know it's like i'm like a car like when a car starts overheating it's not like you can keep driving the car it's like if you want the car to to cool down you have to like turn the car off and like let it cool down Lisa, that's everyone in the heat come on now well jackson was like jackson said that he he was ran the first lap and it was kind of feeling and then he just felt a little better everyone has a different thermostat we all get hot but we all have different thermostats yeah i think my thermostat runs a little warmer (laughs) but Something, something I'm going to work on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You saw, well, you saw not up. Here's some, here's some like interesting random anecdote data. I, I did a little bit of heat prep. I did four hot tub sessions and two sauna sessions. 
sauna sessions, it wasn't quite hot enough to get a lot of data, but I brought a body temperature thermometer, put it under my tongue at certain points. And the first hot tub session, after 15 minutes, I felt like my head was going to explode and I was overheating like crazy. And my body temperature was 37.8 or so. And that's Celsius. That's like just over a hundred. And then went back in after a rest, did a little bit more. And then I did that on the, each of the other hot tub sessions as well. And by the third session, so only after two heat sessions, I was able to stay in for 20 minutes straight and my body, and I didn't feel as bad. Like my head wasn't crazy hot. I wasn't like lightheaded. Like I was the first time, but my body temperature was 38.3. It was even higher. It was quite a bit higher. So I don't know exactly what that means, but I think what happens is your body actually gets used to the high temperature and becomes okay with it and doesn't freak out as much. And that's kind of what was happening. Um, So I think that helped me for sure. If I hadn't done any of that, I would have been way slower. Yeah. That makes total sense too. Like you submit yourself to stress over and over again. And every time you get more numb to that stress, that's the freaking human body. So awesome. And it doesn't take that long for heat training. Like even somebody who's not really great in the heat, um, the maximum is like two weeks that you really get a benefit. So, um, are you submerged in the hot tub? Are you submerged? to like your head. Yeah. Up to like the bottom of my mouth. Yeah. I keep my arms in and everything as much as I can. It's about, and it has to be about 104. Um, but that's what I did anyways. It helped probably more than anything. It helped mentally just like to know, well, I've been in the heat. I can do this. Yeah, I just, um, I just drank a lot of hot tea at night, and I thought that was okay. <laughs> but anyways, it was was what it was. I was really freaking sore too. That slight angle of the tracks, only like a two degree angle, but my right foot, like I collapsed a lot on my arch, and that extra angle, oh my god, my freaking foot and my like lower leg are so sore from that. I don't want to hear it. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nick, I, what's going on with you? Really, you got the please. real injury. Yeah. I got a, my first injury in two years. I got a light, I think it's a soleus strain that's causing my Achilles to also be tight. So I've been battling that for the last two and a half, three weeks. I didn't tell anyone about it. Cause I was like, it's going to go away. I'll be fine. I've been able to like lightly jog periodically and then hit a couple of hard efforts without screwing myself. But this race just did me in. So I was supposed to go race in Chile this coming Sunday. I was like, Oh yeah. Friday race to a Sunday race, plenty of time to recover plus travel, but I just could barely walk. I can't even run now if I wanted to, it's just too tight. So I'm going to give it two weeks of good, solid rehab and hopefully get back to the running game. And maybe our next race, I think is going to be Oceanside or St. Anthony's or something like that. So maybe we'll get ready for that. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I was like really disappointed in my my run i mean i was like started off okay it got progressively worse and got lost or got passed by a couple guys that did not want to get passed by but that's the way she goes when you got a little bit of a finicky body yeah so i wasn't bothering you right from the start on the run um after the second lap it was just like getting tighter and tighter yeah did you think about dropping her to save it or were you like Mm. yeah i was like if it gets worse than this because it was like a four out of ten i was like if it gets to like a six i'm gonna pull off and just call it but it didn't really ever get worse it just was sustaining either that or i just got numb yeah but it would have your head for would have been smart to not i mean i just i don't know i've had 
at least a couple DNFs per year, usually Ironman distance. So I just want to get away from, well, I mean, have, if I can make a choice, like I passed out in Mallorca, didn't have a choice, but like, if I can yeah, finish, I still, I still want to. Yeah. So Mallorca, like I almost kind of forgot that that was a hot day. Yeah. Um, but was- Ironman in hot is totally different. You can just dehydrate like crazy over yeah. the, the time yeah. frame. But then you just sit down and before you know it, you're just passed out. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh geez. Well, you'll uh you know re- repair that bastard and then hopefully, you know, St. Anthony's. We're all gonna do St. Anthony's is the current plan, all three of us here. The consensus and probably Leslie. So that'll be sweet. Yeah. I know that'll be fun. I'm finally we'll get Leslie out. Yeah. yeah, and then we've got Oceanside, which is going to be myself, Tamara. I think that might be it for Oceanside, eh? For the team. Maybe, Nick. Yeah, I, I don't well, think I'll be. No, I don't think I'll be in good shape by then. But I, I'll be there on course no matter what, just to hang out. Sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it. That's first race. We got the cobwebs off. Nick shaved off a couple layers of his Achilles that he didn't need. And- <laughs> <laughs> Gonna grow back stronger. Even some weight. Um, but Lisa, <laughs> well, Lisa, you always... Lisa, you, you rallied and you made our our whole team look good because you did the best. You got the bonuses and you finished the highest. You made the most money, and you still didn't take us out for a shrimp or shrimp cocktail dinner. Uh, well, we I had got... it free from Clash. They paid for yeah, some. Yeah, I was gonna drinks. say I got you some free tacos <laughs> afterwards. Oh, you? I'm pretty oh. sure it was me who was in line waiting the whole time for the tacos. Well, I oh, brought yeah. lots of water because you guys were just drinking water, and I was right. drinking some margaritas. Well, well yeah, that wine margaritas. Was fun for sure. We uh, <laughs> that's another thing that Clash does that I've never even heard of from another race where they're paying for drinks and. Um, yeah for, that was for pro for, for pro athletes i guess it's our it's our mixer afterwards i mean yeah. there's no no iron man race that i've ever been to except if you're in like china or something when everyone's like completely isolated to where you go hang out with your fellow peers afterwards normally you just all right see you at the next race but this one we all get we get to exchange war stories and have fun so that was the best part and that's why i'll always you know make it a point to injure myself at a clash race <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, Nick, we were talking about this in the car, that uh, we feel like the pro community is a lot more tight-knit or closer, or we just know each other a little bit better, and I think one of the big reasons is is because Clash um, was, you know, they put on Daytona, and they put on um, all these races, and they just make it a point to to kind of force us to hang out, which is awesome. Yeah, you don't have to force us anymore. Now I look forward to it. No, you now, yeah, (laughs) now we look forward to it. But yeah. We'll do more. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's the race more to come. Um, we're going to do a couple fun videos on YouTube coming up with talking about our cars. Um, we're going to put the Ironman bike course up there. If you want to see what that looks like, if you're racing the world championship, I'm going to produce something like that. Um, Jackson's going to probably do nothing. Um, no, he's Jackson's committed. I'll just train and race something fine for me. He's going to make some videos. It's his job. I'm in the car one, and uh, before I forget to mention it, if you want to race with Clash, they've got another one coming up in New York State, which is Watkins Glen in July, is it? Yeah, it's early July, so I would, yeah, do it. It's going to be freaking fun. It's going to end at a wine festival. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. So, like, that's cool if you like wine. It's the closest race to my house that's a pro race, and I 
I don't think I'll be doing it, which sucks. It just really doesn't fit with my other plans, but I really wish I could. You guys should do it. And uh, RTS is going to be there. So it's worth it. Yeah. Nick will probably come say hi and I don't know, just whatever you want. He'll do it. He'll, he'll use his percussion massager on your back. If you need, I saw it in a story today. <laughs> yeah. That, that way you don't have to buy a gadget that simulates an arm. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get way too many people asking to do that you're like hey man i'm in dallas right now can you come over <laughs> can you 10 bucks hold my, hold my percussion gun to my back 10 bucks i'll do it all right well that's a good episode thanks for joining in we're gonna pump out a couple more we're gonna do a big giveaway at the end of march as well for our patreon so if you are part of the patreon we're gonna get out um you know various products from our sponsors we're going to announce that at the next episode. So thanks again. Thanks for your support. Check out, subscribe, do all those things. And if you have suggestions on what we could do better at, um, don't tell us and we'll, we'll never know. Just try to guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks, Lisa. And again, congratulations. We're so happy that you had so much fun and you got so much love for all your dancing skills. Thanks guys. It's been fun. It was a good weekend. Let's do it again soon. And peace out. out. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise. On a one-man mission trying to see it through.